All right, everyone, welcome to this edition of the Stargazer podcast. Uh, quick apology, my friend Saeed was not able to make it last week to talk about the recent events in um, Louisiana and across the country, police violence and all that. We regret that he wasn't able to make it, but we understand. Um, so we're just going to go into this week's episode. My friend Stephen will join me. We'll talk NBA, we'll talk politics, and we'll debate whether Blake Lively in The Shallows or uh, Margot Ro- Robbie from Suicide Squad is better looking. Let's roll. Even better than I was the last time, baby. All right, everyone. Welcome to the third episode. I'm joined today by my friend, Stephen X Factor Hart. Stephen, how are you doing? Oh, doing well, Chase. Thanks for having me on the show. I heard a lot about the show. Uh, I'm excited to be here, really. It's going to be great. I feel like we have that chemistry. You know, we're old sports show colleagues. Had to have you on one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you invite, finally invited me. I mean, uh, we started out from the bottom, you know, just doing our own thing, joined mm-hmm. forces, and uh, here we are together. I hear you have an announcement to share with us today. Got a big announcement, guys. Uh, speaking of sports show, but uh, we'll save that announcement for uh, for the end of the show. How's about how about that? Perfect. Yep. Let's jump right into it. Um, I talked a little bit with Christian Dean on my last podcast. Kevin Durant, as we all know, has chosen to take his talents to the Bay Area and join forces with Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. That lot. Do you think this was a weak move from Katie? Is that even a question? Like. That's the weakest move that we've, I think we've ever seen out coming out of the, the NBA, out of a free agent. I mean, uh, you got KD, who's probably, I don't know, he's top three at least player in the NBA yeah, right now. Would yeah, you agree? I would agree with that. Okay, so KD. Top five, yeah. Top, maybe top five. Top yeah. five. Okay, so you got KD, top five player in the league, joins, leaves OKC, OKC after, you know, saying how much he loved the place, mm-hmm. how much he loved the fans, so that he never wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. He just, like, leaves them in the dust. Yep. And joins probably the best team in the NBA right now. I would agree with that, but it, it was a smart move. Like I don't think you can debate that it was a smart move on his point on his part because it's like, okay, first question: Would you rather live in Oklahoma City or the Bay Area? If you're an NBA player, where would you rather live? Yeah, I mean that's 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 true. I mean you definitely say Bay Area, but we're talking about weak move. Like this is a superstar in the league. Like he needs to take a team to the finals and win the finals by himself if he wants to be in consideration to be one of the all-time greats. And him joining forces with uh, Steph Curry, Draymond, you know, Clay Thompson, that's just like a major, major downer on his reputation as an NBA superstar. I, I don't think so, though, because it's like he's had a stacked team for a while. He had a team in which he had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Ibaka with him on the team. So they've had a very, very similar team to this before. Right, and they, they got to the finals, am I correct, with that team? They did. They did, okay. And then uh, they have never reached the finals again, even though they still had Westbrook and um, Ibaka and, uh, you know, uh, St- Steven Adams this year. Like, they should have – Andre Iguodala came out and said KD was and, – and the Oklahoma City Thunder were the best team in the playoffs. They should have mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's leaving the best team. He's leaving the best team. <laughs> okay, yeah, Andre Iguodala did say that, but he was on the best team and he couldn't get it done on the best team. It's, it, I mean, he's not a superstar in the league if he can't win on the best team. So he's joining forces with 
um, what he thinks to be a better team. And I agree with that, but I just think, I think weak is a little harsh for what he did because all of the teams that he would have chosen, whether it be the Clippers, whether it be the Spurs, whether it be back to OKC are instantly, in my view, almost the prohibitive favorites. Is, is, am I wrong there? No, no, I mean, you're, you're right in that sense. But uh, if we think about other weak moves in the NBA, what's, what's the first weak move that comes to your mind? Well, I mean, LeBron James' decision back in that time came over as weak. Right, that, that was mm-hmm. probably, uh, before this move, the weakest decision mm-hmm. uh, given to a superstar player in the NBA. Yeah. I think this decision is worse than, than what LeBron did back, in, uh, back when he did the, the whole decision thing and uh, went to Miami. I just think Durant handled it better. And that's like, the reason that why we picked apart LeBron's move back then is because he's out there with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade throwing confetti in the air and celebrating on stage like rock stars in Miami for the first few days they were there where they haven't even played a game yet. And the thing about this Golden State team is they're, with the exception of Nutkicker Green, they're all pretty good dudes. Um, And so I don't think you get that vibe from them. And this is my argument for KD. I have three things. One, you get to live in the Bay instead of OKC. Two, you get more business opportunities working around Silicon Valley, and you'll get more endorsement money coming from them. And I'm looking at this from KD's perspective. Uh-huh. And third, you get to play with Clay Thompson and Russell Westbrook instead of Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry instead of Russell Westbrook and Andre Roberson in the backcourt. And I just think it will free up so many more looks for him. And you, you look what Golden State's doing. They're replacing Harrison Barnes, who was their weak link, with Kevin Durant. And they're stacked. That, there's no denying that. But weakness, I don't think this move is weak. I just think it was the best decision for him personally. I, I think I agree with you on the, the, the standpoint of the, the Golden State Warriors. It wasn't a weak move. Like adding KD for Harrison Barnes is obviously that, yeah, an upgrade. that wasn't my... No, that wasn't like what I was saying. I, was saying. I know, no, I know, mm-hmm. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think if we're talking on the KD perspective, that the Golden State Warriors are already stacked. They didn't. They had already proven that they don't need KD to win a championship. But KD obviously needs the Golden State Warriors to to win a championship himself. And I think that's why that's where it comes across weak, um, in my point of view. That that may be true, but I I'll make the argument he wasn't the top dog in Oklahoma City. So it wasn't like he was ever, I think Russell Westbrook, that was Russell Westbrook's team. And so with it being Russell Westbrook's team, I think he has more of a right to leave because he's not the face of the franchise. When you look at it, it's not like there was MJ and Pippen, now there's LeBron and Kyrie, and it's not like MJ left Chicago or like LeBron left Cleveland. Now it's more like Pippen leaving Chicago or it's more like Kyrie leaving Cleveland. It's the second piece moving on. And he's joining another team where he'll basically... He's still going to be a star in every sense of the word, but he's moving to a team where he fits better, and he's not—he's abandoning a team that wasn't his, is what I'm saying here. Yeah, I can kind of see that, but I think it really—I think I'll end it with this, and I think it really comes down to um, KD leaving a team that he could not win a championship on, and I think uh, he was looking for an upgrade, and he obviously thinks that the best suitability for that upgrade is the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. who have already proven to to win a championship without KD. I mean, it's just like, you know that the Golden State Warriors are probably going to get back to the NBA championship next year without KD. Um, 
but now adding him, it's like KD's got an automatic uh, automatic ticket to win an NBA championship, and I think that's what he really wants. He wants that monkey off his back, just like LeBron wanted mm-hmm. the monkey off his back when he was in Cleveland, and they weren't doing anything for the franchise, so he had to leave and go to Miami and create his own um, you know, his own franchise um, that he wanted to. And I think KD just went really about the, the wrong way doing this if you're looking at it like a, a superstar point of, a point of view. And But I do think there's just things you have to look at in that, like, he has never played for an owner that wants to spend money or a coach that's a very good coach, and he gets both of those things in Oakland along with a better team. And so that's why I would have made the decision personally. But now you have to look. This... I wrote about this on my site, and the NBA has changed now. This is a whole different season than it was before the signing because every team that thought they had a shot at contending is like, well, what do we do now? Because they don't, and it's cut off. And you look at OKC now, now that they lost Kevin Durant for nothing, what do they do now? Do you think they have to trade Russell Westbrook? Oh, absolutely, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, I think before this, uh, before KD left, Mm-hmm. I think uh, at the end of this year, uh, Russell Westbrook was gone anyway. I don't think he's in a happy situation in Thunder. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if KD would have stayed, it would have like uh, incentive, instead of ties in to uh, to stay as well. But now it's like there's no way on earth that Russell Westbrook is gonna stay with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you gotta you gotta trade him. Um, and at least get something for him, or else oh, it's yeah. just gonna be another loss. And now OKC is in in a really bad situation with no building blocks oh, yeah. on the team. Um, on HBO, Chris Ryan and Bill Simmons both made this point. You cannot have win the draft lottery and get Serge Ibaka, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook in one generation and have Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams at the end of the season to show for it. So what I'm going to ask you now are some who says no first trade situations Okay. okay. to talk about some NBA stars. The first one, we're going to go with OKC. I'm going to talk about a trade between OKC and Boston. Um, Boston would receive Russell Westbrook, and Oklahoma City would receive Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, and Brooklyn's 2018 first-rounder, which is almost guaranteed to be in the top five. Who says no first? Uh, I definitely think uh, that uh, that's tough because, I mean, you want to get rid of uh, Russell Westbrook, but, I mean... If you're Oklahoma City, I don't think that's a very good trade for you either. Um, I mean, you, you, you said Jay Crowder and uh, Marcus Smart mm-hmm. and then a, a top five pick. I don't think Marcus Smart's going to help your, your program. I don't think Jay Crowder's going to really help uh, build a franchise. He's not going to be a star player. Mm-hmm. He's not a star player for Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then uh, with the draft coming up, you're, you're taking an obvious chance on uh, you know a young player developing into a superstar, which mm-hmm. is always risky. Yep. Where you have uh, Russell Westbrook, I think you can get a lot more value over there. So I think uh, I think Oklahoma City says no first. And I think to a certain extent, you make very good points, but with people like Westbrook and the next person we're going to talk about, teams know that they have the option to be a free agent coming up soon here. And so they're going to be hesitant to trade a star or something they're actually worth for them because they know they can walk at the end of the season. And they know that the team that has them currently – is put in a bad situation because they have to get rid of them. It's a fire sale. Uh-huh. The other trade, this one is to help Cleveland get up to the level of the dubs. And that is Cleveland receives Blake Griffin for Kevin Love, Iman Shumpert, and a first-round pick. Who says no first? 
if I'm Cleveland, I take that I take that trade. So I think uh, if you're the LA Clippers, you say no first because Kevin Love, as we can see, he's garbage. I mean, he did nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing in the NBA Finals, like literally. Yeah, Draymond he didn't Green even stand in the corner and, and hit threes. Like that's all he's good mm -hmm. for, and he didn't even do that. Mm -hmm. Amon Shumpert turned, turned the ball over probably about a hundred times in the NBA Finals. Yep. I don't trust him. He'll have an explosive dunk every once in a while, but like mm -hmm. I don't see him being. Clippers real. love that though. That's that's <laughs> true. They are love city, <laughs> so that may be a good pick. But I think uh, I think if you're Cleveland, you want Blake Griffin. You uh, you add that kind of elusive. Uh, um, almost power forward position mm -hmm. that, that Blake Griffin is. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, that's, I think that's a great fitting piece for Cleveland. So I think if you're the, you're, you're the Clippers, you're getting a raw deal in that situation. And I agree as well, but I think they've gotten to the point where this is about, what, year six of this Lob City experiment <laughs> where they don't have anything to show for it. Griffin's coming off a year where he punched a trainer and was hurt the whole year. And they frankly played better when he wasn't on the floor. That's true. And so if you can get a first round pick and some other rotational pieces you gotta for think, him, you, just just sec though. If you're you're Cleveland, the first round pick's gonna be a, I mean, 28, 29, 30 mm -hmm. pick. Yeah, I agree. So with I mean, that. you're not gonna get really any any good. I mean, you'll get someone decent, but not anybody that's I don't think makes up for Blake Griffin. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think GMs are almost willing to trade for first round picks just to like show the other GMs that they didn't get totally screwed in the deal. Be like, hey, we got a first out of them. Yeah, but yeah. Just so the GMs kind of it's kind of a, It's kind of an insurance policy for GMs, I guess you would say. Uh, the other trade, the one that doesn't really fit anymore, and he's kind of the odd man out in Chicago, is Jimmy Butler. They wanted to get younger and more athletic, better shooting during the offseason, and so they signed Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. <laughs> um and now it just doesn't really fit because there's no three-point shooting from the, the one to three spots on that team. And they don't really have any pieces to build around going forward. This is a trade. Minnesota has been very vocal that they want Jimmy Butler. Would you accept Chris Dunn, who showed a very promising summer league, Zach Levine, and Minnesota's next first-round pick for Jimmy Butler? I think that's a good, good, good trade on paper. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think the time has kind of gone past that for Chicago. I think if you would ask me the same question a month ago when they didn't uh, have Dwayne Wade and uh, and Rondo, I think they, they would they would have said yes. I think mm -hmm. I think you got to kind of clear house all at one point. But where they they brought in Wade, they brought in Rondo. I think they're trying to build a team for bringing a couple of veterans, build a team around Jimmy Butler, so that when Wade and Rondo are ultimately done. They still got Jimmy Butler in, in the race. There's a 50% chance that the Bulls GM is fired at the end of this season. <laughs> that is true. There is a very high likelihood because I think he saw these names. He's kind of like Phil Jackson seeing these names from 2011 that were really good. He's like, yeah, we can get these guys. And he, I, I think they basically bid against themselves for Rajon Rondo because I don't think many other teams were looking to pick him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wade just left to spite Riley. And <laughs> really, the NBA is kind of a mess just trying to respond to uh, Golden State's new situation. Um, speaking of other things that are a mess, the election process is winding to a close coming this November. If you had to bet money, it is July 17th when we are recording this podcast. If you had to bet money, who would win this election, Trump or Clinton? Who are you betting your thousand dollars on? Jeez, I don't. I honestly don't even want to talk about this, man. Like, 
I literally, I hate Hillary Clinton with a passion. Mm -hmm. We are in agreement. And Donald Trump is a loose cannon, and you can't really trust him either. Like, I really don't want to put money on either, but I mean, I guess if you had to, solely based on if you're you're betting money to try and win money Mm -hmm. on the election, Mm -hmm. I, uh, shoot, man. I think at June June seventeenth, right now, I I'm putting my money on on Hillary Clinton, and I hate to say that because I think uh, I think everything Fox News has to say about Clinton is true. She's, <laughs> she's a liar, and I mean you just see it with like the the scandal with her emails and, and all that kind of stuff, and the FBI director and and that kind of jazz. But like it honestly just frustrates the crap out of me. But I think at this point, the American people are gonna say. Hey, we're gonna trust this uh, this liar of a person, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and she obviously comes from a family of liars. I mean, we saw what happened to Bill when he was in office. I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman. Now they're good people, though. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> friend. I don't, I don't think there's a lying bone in her body. Actually, that's, that's crazy. My three liberal listen- listeners are fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are. They can come find me too if they want to talk more about it. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle? Have them tweet at you, at man. At Big Small Diesel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> at Big Small Diesel on Twitter. Hit them up with those. And they're going to be even more fired up with me because I'm betting on Trump to win this election. <laughs> um, I think this this scandal hurts Clinton more than we can even realize at this point because I think it will get played more and more in the media. Um, I, I think Trump has more closet voters than anyone in history where it's like, if you go out in public and people are like having a conversation with you on the train, on the bus, oh, who are you voting for? They're like, well, I'm not going to say Trump. <laughs> um, but I think Trump has a lot of people that like, and I don't think they resonate with like his whole message because he's crazy. We all realize that. Yeah. But I think to a certain extent, especially to people that consider themselves more conservative politically, he says like one or two things that were like, yeah, you know what? I kind of agree with him on that. Yeah. And so I think he'll get all the conservative vote. And I think he'll kind of bring a demographic that hasn't voted very consistently in a while that will come and vote for him. Um, there will be a few like swing states that if he can win, like if he can pull an upset in New York, which I don't think he can, some of these states, I think Ohio is another one that's a swing for him. And if he can pull an upset in either of those, I think he'll win for sure. Um, but this is, this is a tough election. Any other thoughts sounding off on that? Yeah, just, uh, just one more thing that I was thinking of. I think it's just going to be interesting really, uh, to see what the Bernie supporters are going to (laughs) do. I mean, we had Bernie, Bernie Sanders come out and endorse Hillary Clinton, which is, in my opinion, pretty ridiculous. Cause it's I weaker mean, than the KD. Move. It's weak. It's the weakest move in all politics history, man. <laughs> Come on, Stephen A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Bernie, Bernie Sanders is is his whole compa- campaign is is you know the exact opposite of what Hillary Clinton is saying, and then he comes out and endorses the the whole thing that he was running, you know, trying to beat the system and stuff like that. So really, I think it's just going to depend on what Bernie Sanders supporters are are going to vote for and who <laughs> they're going to choose side with. Because I know there's a lot of them. They're passionate about their their burn. Feel the burn, baby. Passionate on Twitter. I don't know how passionate in the voting booth. <laughs> um, hey, they wanted that free college. Though, they so. did want that free college. Uh, this election's tough. And I, I think the national convention is going to be definitely something to watch. Republican National Convention in Cleveland, of all places. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the mistake on the lake will have <laughs> quite an interesting week with all these people. But when you look at Sanders, this is just me sounding off on it. 
Sanders sold out because the thing that he uh-huh. stood up for his whole presidential run was, oh, we are going to stick it to big business and to all those crooks on Wall Street. And the crooks on Wall Street support Hillary Clinton, except for the biggest crook who's furiously running a campaign against her right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but he sold out, and I think the young constituency that had faith in him kind of has to take a look around and be like, we were caught up in an idealism that wasn't really fair, and I think he took advantage of us a little bit just for voting purposes. Moving on to something a little more um, light. So we've seen some movies this summer and an upcoming movie. We've got a debate for you guys. Um, Who is more attractive, Blake Lively in The Shallows or Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad? Steven, what's your take on this? It's not even a question. Blake Lively in the shallows, man. Oh, come on. Well, not, okay, not character, but who is a more attractive person? I, oh, I know whoa, the makeup, whoa. the clown makeup doesn't help uh, Robbie's, Robbie's Yeah, I mean, if here. you're taking, like, uh, the, the clown makeup and this crazy bozo lady in Suicide Squad or Blake Lively in a bikini and, and uh, surfing, I mean, you're taking Blake Lively all day. Well, yeah, that's a mismatch. But, I mean, you're, we're just looking at it on just pure, like, overall prospect – and I'm going to have to go with Robbie on this one. I think she's really one of the rising stars in Hollywood, and she's going to get my vote every time. We have these. We have these where I'll take Rihanna, you'll take Beyonce, and we're just split, and I don't think we're ever going to really talk each other out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't think there's much uh, swing in, in either of our votes, but, like, <laughs> I'm definitely sick of Blake Lively. She just seems like a more uh, – I think Margaret Robbie, she's like uh, – she seems more like the Hollywood uh, diva type of person, like high maintenance, uh, someone that you don't <laughs> Going really, into their personal life. Yeah, someone that you don't really want to like spend the rest of your life with, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but Blake could, Lively, could I theoretically bring her home to my parents? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could bring Blake, Margaret Robbie home to my parents. But oh, come on. They'd be so proud they, of you. They would. That's true. That's true. But Blake Lively just seems like uh, so much more of like a down-to-earth chick that's just like uh, mellow and low maintenance just kick back go surfing you know what i mean that type of type type of girl <laughs> i'm glad to hear she'll be a better mother to your children yeah yeah uh, yeah that's what i'm thinking on we're about wrapping it up here steven i think you have an announcement for us that's right chase we've been waiting this whole uh, whole episode for this the big announcement so uh, as many of you guys know uh, me and chase have been doing some sports shows in the past and uh we're uh, we're glad and uh, glad to announce that we're proudly coming out of retirement after a short uh, three or four months hiatus, and uh, we're uh, we're coming out with a new sports show. Um, this sports show okay gonna be uh, a hype video for the IFHS Tigers football squad this year. They're looking to do big things in the uh, 4A level now. Uh, we're gonna have some player interviews, some former players that just got back from missions. Weak we move, go. Pete. <laughs> We got some big things coming your way, guys. Uh, hope you're excited about it. So what we got, I got a few more details for you. We'll be joined by former Tiger superstars Clayton Powell, Jake Wright, Dakota Baker. We'll be doing a roundtable. Um, we'll be doing some player interviews. It'll be really fun. We'll be looking at all the high school football in the southeastern Idaho area, which is just where we're good at focusing on. <laughs> um, and we're just really excited for this one. We're missing our uh, video producer, Kendall Morrison, currently serving in Vancouver. There are some... 
I, I think it was Alex Alexander French that started some rumors that he may be hiding out somewhere. Yeah, that's the rumors producing. going around. Like he, uh, he he might be just hiding out in his uh, his old burned down house. But <laughs> conspiracy theories. We're still on the search for Kendall Morrison. Everyone just know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be joined by everyone. We'll have some special guests that we'll announce later. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll be talking with you soon. Peace.